Money Web now on the money. Also available on podcast. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Roland Hobbies, Head of Discretionary Fund Management at Old Mutual Wealth. Roland, appreciate the time today. Discretionary Fund Managers, DFMs, where do they fit into the, the investment landscape? Simon, the main services DFMs provide are to financial advisors. And their objective is really to assist financial advisors in navigating the landscape of, of unit trust funds. So we're investment experts that enable financial advisors to do a better job for their clients. Is that, I mean, fund selection or is it more perhaps at a, at a higher level, which perhaps would be sort of around asset allocation? Simon, it can be one or both. In our case, um, we get involved in asset allocation. So we select uh, unit trust from asset classes. Other DFMs might focus on use of balance funds, but, but the end goal of the proposition is to ensure that the financial advisor has a robust and well-constructed investment solution for each client need. Is it that granular in a sense, where it is down to sort of the, the individual? I'm, I'm sitting with my advisor and it can be granular down to this is Simon's needs. Simon, that's an interesting one. Um, in the global market, certainly some DFMs develop propositions that try to create a unique solution for each client. Mm-hmm. I would say in the South African market, the focus is more on client segmentation. So to offer solutions, standard solutions at different levels of risk. So a financial advisor might end up having you know, between five and 10 standardized investment solutions and he'll gauge the client's need in terms of risk, but also in terms of offshore exposure, maybe currency exposure. Um, and, you know, in the case of living annuities, perhaps look at the volatility that the client can endure while earning mm-hmm. income. In, in the note you sent out, and you're talking particularly about, about the, 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 the team with, that, that you work with, uh, what, over 100 billion czar, so it, it's a large amount in, in the sense there. And you say majority of them actually looking at that asset allocation, manager research, and then a, a couple of them on, on macroeconomic. And I suppose that, that's your, your really, really big picture in a sense. Yes, Simon. And I think it's an interesting challenge. Um, We don't think that manager selection is really the first part of the process. Mm. So we don't think you start with whether you think Alan Gray or Coronation is a good manager. Um, The importance of asset allocation has been well proven if you're trying to fix the investment risk to something measurable. So, So in order to make sure that clients you know, that they know how much investment risk they take on. You do want control of the asset allocation. And yeah, so we've got a large team looking after a considerable amount of money. And we think it's worthwhile spending a lot of our time first looking at asset allocation. And, you know, in that, the decisions like how much exposure to take offshore and how much to to take in domestic currency, we think is a much more important call than uh, selecting between two or three or ten different uh, active managers. I, I take your point on that, and I, I hear it often from, from guests and, and folks in the field, that, that really getting your, your asset allocation right is, is more than half of, of, of the job. If, if, if you can get that right, then, then the rest kind of falls into place, I don't want to say easily, but a lot easier perhaps. 
Yes, uh, you know, when I refer to international studies, it's perhaps 90% of the decision. Mm -hmm. So, so really important. Of course, you can, through selecting asset managers um, that take very big risks, you can still make a difference on the upside or you can burn your fingers quite badly. Mm -hmm. um, but, but we think in terms of client objectives, and often when we do that, we think of you know, by how much does this client aim to beat inflation over a certain period? And that kind of formulates our goal for the investor and around that we can build asset allocation. And the wonderful thing about this process is if you do things that way, you can actually get quite predictable results eventually because you're investing through market cycles. And in the long term, markets actually tend to deliver fairly stable real returns. Uh, you know what to expect from equity markets, you know what to expect from the currency. And that gives clients a sense of plan, a sense of purpose, and also a way to remain invested in volatile markets with a long-term plan. Yeah, I, I like that point. It, it doesn't feel like it in 2022, but I, markets are broadly <laughs> speaking going to be predictable. You also talk around enhanced indexation, a, a new trend that you're seeing with, with DFM. So what's what's the, the, the thinking behind that? Yes, Simon. So in South Africa, we are definitely behind the curve in terms of exploring more passive investment solutions. Mm -hmm. The simplest equity market approach is to really just buy each company according to its market cap. Mm -hmm. You know, that will give you an, an index like the Aussie index, where your performance is, is really just predicated on which stocks are on the index. Um, so that we call pure passive. Um, and then there are two different types of enhancements that one can do to an index like that. You can try to control the risk by, for example, reducing the exposure to the large stocks. So you can um, buy something like the cat swigs. Mm -hmm. What that index does is it limits the biggest um, stocks like NASPASH and Process together, it limits it to 10% so that it doesn't dominate a very concentrated portfolio. So that is a risk-based approach. But there are also uh, so-called smart beta indexation, which tries to provide better returns or better risk-adjusted returns by bringing in different flavors, still with a programmed approach with a formula of how stocks are selected. So it takes the human bias element out of it. And these funds tend to sit at the cheap end of the spectrum um, because there's no research involved or very little research involved to put these indices together. And big companies, big asset managers, then simply track a published index to give you a specific market return. And, and that then fits coming back to asset allocation perfectly under the asset allocation umbrella. You pick your assets and you use passive. It, it might be a SWIX. It might be a, a smart beta. fits perfectly in with, with the assets. Absolutely. So now you're starting to put together an investment process where a big portion of your exposure you get for cheap and you mm -hmm. get direct access and you get the returns from equity that you expect. But it also gives you a more of a risk budget to select active managers yeah. on the other side and allow them to do their job over the long term. So, so by anchoring the portfolio around an index, you now have more freedom to maybe select an asset manager that isn't very consistent, that maybe only beats the market one out of three, but when they do a good job, they do an excellent job. So we think embracing passive mm. actually gives you some risk capacity to stay invested longer with good quality active managers. So there's a, there's a very um, attractive combination between the two.
I hadn't thought of that. I like that. It, it is that, that, that passive, which gives you market, means you can step out on the edge a little bit in other places. We'll leave it there. Uh, Roland Schwab, he's Head of Discretionary Fund Management at Old Mutual Wealth. Roland, appreciate the time. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.